Alright, so uh, I'm here with GP, uh, the motherfucking grunt paw, and uh, I noticed something the other day that you posted on Twitter, which was that uh, you open carry, (laughs) (laughs) which uh, for the audience, for any, you know, just in case on the off chance that anybody listening to this doesn't, uh, doesn't know what this means, um, there's, there's kind of a gun world ever running debate about the merits of open carry versus concealed carry. And what that means is that, um, like what, what I do, my everyday carry is concealed carry, meaning that, uh, you know, if my pants are on, my gun is on, but, uh, it's always concealed. So it's like obscured by my shirt or jacket or something like that. And open carry means that, uh, no fucks given your, you know, guns out in the open, uh, wild west style, uh, which, you know, has its merits and, you know, has its drawbacks and we're going to get into that. But, uh, it seemed interesting to me cause it's a minority posture. Like most people concealed carry concealed carry is extremely popular in the United States. Uh, it always has been, it's really grown in popularity in you know, probably the last 10 years or so. And it's constantly, uh, in the political, political arena, things like that. Uh, so it's, it's really kind of a minority spot to see someone who's just like, yeah, fuck it. I just carry my gun out in the open. Uh, <laughs> so I wanted to have GP on and kind of get his take on this and I'll link in the show notes. He's got an article that he wrote a little while back called why I open carry, uh, which is worth reading too. So I'll put that in the show notes and you guys be sure to check that out. Um, so with that out of the way, GP, what's, uh, what's going on, man? How you doing? Good, sir. Yeah, I would also. I mean, there's two caveats that I'm gonna I'm gonna put up front that everyone will forget because I usually do this every time I engage in, in this conversation. The first one is the title of that was why I open carry. It wasn't why you should open carry or why open carry is the best or why everyone that concealed carry is stupid. It was why I open carry and. Um, I also like to say that if you're concealed carrying, there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. I don't, I don't try to offer my um, opinion on this matter as a superior one to concealed carry. I just I, I've made some choices about open carry, and I mean I hope we can talk about those. But but you know oh, there is nothing wrong with concealed carry at all. I mean, well, I won't say there's nothing wrong with concealed carry. I'll just say that like if that's the choice you've made about how you wish to carry your weapon, then I don't see a problem with it necessarily. And, uh, that makes sense. And for, uh, for the audience, uh, you know, another factor here, um, that I don't know, I, I thought was interesting. I'm kind of a dumb guy. And so when I see stuff that, uh, you know, where there's people with like a, a different outlook on something, uh, I tend to get curious and, uh, you know, if anybody is not aware, uh, GP and I were both, uh, you know, we're both army infantry, like combat vets. So we've both, you know, kind of chewed some of the same dirt in terms of actually using a gun for work and being in, uh, you know, dicey situations involving firearms. So it was interesting to me to see somebody, you know, with that experience taking the open carry route. Um, so what's, uh, so why don't, why don't you tell, you know, I'll just let you get into it. Yeah. I mean, there were a lot of factors. Um, I, succumbed early like everyone to the kind of like group think that I think is really persistent in the gun community. You know, like if you, if you kind of track like the history of the gun community, I mean, you can say that like in the, you know, in the nineties, like the scout rifle was like a great idea and 
five five six wasn't able to shoot any you know to to produce lethal hits and i mean there's always been like these these opinions that people have had um about certain topics within it and everyone just agrees that this is good or that this is bad and i succumbed just like everyone and many people still now to some popular mythology about open carry and i you know i had it for like quite a while um <clears throat> there was a kind of a change um like somewhere around june of 2020 um and, and i'm sure people remember what it was like back then but um yeah i just i, I didn't have a concealed carry license um and i didn't want to carry illegally and i was considering get, getting a concealed carry license but i'd already worked on the idea a little bit and you know i live in north carolina and um I also lived at that point kind of in a rural area between Raleigh and Vietnam um, or Fayetteville, North Carolina, I should say, for the uninitiated. <laughs> and it was, you know, you see people open carry. And now I'll also say that like, I've seen tons of people do this really poorly. And it does seem like I am different even amongst open carriers in that I have apparently taken this like very seriously, whereas there's a lot of Uncle Mike's holsters stuck in like – you know, with like little clip point clips, like in a belt or in paddles, you know, with no retention system, you know, on a high point or something like there's plenty of those types of open carriers. And, you know, when I advocate for that, I hope that people understand that that's not at all what I'm going for here. But, um, but yeah, somewhere around uh, June of 2020, I sort of just said, fuck it. And I open carried for the first time I went to a Kroger which is funny because like I haven't, I'm not aware of a lot of gunfights at a Kroger, but it seemed like kind of a safe place. I went there like late at night also, you know, I was, I was admittedly a little bit nervous about the idea. Um, but I kind of quickly dropped a lot of the, um, I guess like a lot of the camera shyness or like the, um, the stage fright of having a, a weapon in the open. Um, but yeah, I'd say just the primary motivation was just like kind of the civic, I don't know, the civic panic and chaos of that time. Like there was some things happening around here and yeah, just I, I, there was a lot of feeling of an ease and unsafeness. And I mean, you know, at that point, we we're all still afraid that we we're going to have to murder each other over cans of tuna because the, you know, <laughs> the very scary pandemic was going to kill us all. Right. So yeah, I, I wanted a weapon on me and, you know, North Carolina uh, is not very easy to get like hand like even handgun permits and i didn't want to have to pay my tax to the man to have the right to do something that i felt like i should already have and in north carolina's got this weird thing where you have to have a license to conceal carry but you can just strap that thing on your hip and just get to it just walk around and nobody can say a word to you cops can't say anything i mean businesses just like you know they can deny you a right to carry, even if you conceal. Um, they can do it as well, but I've, I've honestly never had it had it happen to me. So yeah, I just I just strapped the gun on and went to Kroger, and then slowly just started everywhere I go, just taking it with me, um, and I haven't really looked back. That's interesting. Have you ever had anybody, um, I don't know, say anything or or seem like you know visibly upset or off put or? I've never had a person upset. I have had many, many people, and I, I'm not going to say like it's been dozens or anything, but it's been at least, 
at least 10 people stopped me to ask about the gun. Um, that has ranged from, hey, what kind of gun is that? To I've had a woman who, you know, is I, I'm not trying to like classify her ethnically or anything as if that makes a difference, but let's just say it was a it's a group that is not traditionally um, one that you would assume is interested in carry. And it was funny because she came to me and said, um, "How did you, you? If you don't mind me asking, how did you get your permit? Because I don't know how any of that stuff works, and I want to carry a gun." And that's where I like delightfully informed her that like what I was doing didn't require a license, which I think to her was a bit off putting at first because like <laughs> there's a lot of assumptions with people that like you have to have like special training to even own a gun. Um, and so she was like, wow, you don't have to have a permit at all. And I was like, no, I mean, as long as you own a pistol legally and you are not a you know denied person or any of that, that you can strap a gun on and walk around. It just must be seen, you know, the kind of the common standard usually for most open carry is it must be seen from three sides, so front, back, and from the strong side of whichever side you carry. Um, and so I told her that, you know, but then explained to her that if concealed carry was what she's talking about, you know, what are the steps for that? Explained to her that, you know, sometimes that requires, you know, that always requires training, et cetera, et cetera. You know, there's permits in like Virginia and stuff that you can get. But, <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, it's never been negative. Um, I have had concerned glances that occurred in Cary, North Carolina, which are, if you're familiar at all with, um, North Carolina and some of the places Cary is like, kind of like Raleigh Wood is the joke. Like it's very upper class, very, I would say probably like, I'm sure they vote very liberal. Okay. Um, it was not a place where guns are probably very commonplace. It is definitely like the safe suburban world. But here in like Fayetteville and in a lot of the rural areas that I tend to haunt, um, no one cares. And in fact, there's a lot of other people like me of diverse backgrounds. And there's um, a bit of a, I've made the joke. It's like the, there's a open carry nod, much like there's a Jeep wave. Sure. Yeah. There's, yeah, you like walk through, you know, some store or something and you see another guy that's like open carrying and you like give him like the head nod and they give it back, <laughs> you know, like this knowing right. glance of, you know, yeah, we're both, we're both weirdos because <laughs> it's weird. I admit it, it's weird. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, you know, where I'm at down in Florida, there's, um, you know, it's, it's not an open carry state. So there's, there's provisions where uh, when you can open carry, like you can open carry if you're camping or, uh, you know, uh, like fishing or moving to and from a shooting range. Uh, but that's usually it. So it's not really, um, it's, it's not, I don't know. It's not quite my, uh, my inclination anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but even if it was, it's, it's kind of limited, you know, and every now and again, uh, we get somebody down here that, you know, just does it as kind of like a, a two way audit or something like that. But it, uh, it seems to always kind of draw some type of police attention or somebody, somebody freaks out or uh, something like that. You, you know what I mean? So that's a real concern. Yeah. So, I mean, and that's, you know, there's, there's drawbacks to any type of carry. I mean, most concealed carriers tend to not notice. I mean, it's just like people when they talk about, you know, how they're going to defend their home, they tend to just not factor in any danger or, you know, things that, um, or any risks, I guess, to concealed carry. Um, there are some very obvious ones, maybe more obvious ones, especially again, due to the, you know, the gun culture sort of like, um, 
natural uh, tendency to to think that this is an ultra risky activity. So yeah, there are some compensating or some 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 risks that need to be compensated for it, and one of them is at least um, you know because you're flagrantly carrying, there is the risk that somebody might call the cops, not knowing the law, right? And you have to be you know you have to be pretty aware of how that's going to go, and you have to have thought through a plan of you know, how to de-escalate from the police. Cause as we all know, the, you know, cops will shoot you. Um, so yeah, it's, it's definitely a concern. Yeah. I mean, that, yeah, right. Cause that's a, uh, you know, I mean, the police kill people in their sleep, let alone, right. yeah. I, I mean, I just had, it just seems like it would be a nightmare situation trying to explain to some, you know, rookie cop that you're right. carrying a retention holster and that you can't just put it down without drawing the gun or something. You know what I right. mean? Like, yeah, that's a, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that's a factor in it as far as, uh, you know, I don't know my, my take on it, I guess. Um, um, one, I mean, so a good, a good example of this though, like in, in a, in a way to think about it. So like Carrie, all right. So Virginia, North Carolina, I traveled to both of those pretty routinely all around. And I open carry, I'd say 95% of the time. Um, Carry though, like knowing that demographic ahead of time, I actually called the Carry Police Department and um, asked to speak with whomever I could about the legality of open carry in carry, and said that like I understood that this is probably not very common there. And you know, a dispatcher, you know, because I'd called the non-emergency line, she said, "Hey, you know, I'm going to put you through to like a patrol supervisor. You know, he'll call you back in a minute." And he did. Um, and I had a nice conversation with a gentleman and, you know, he told me, he was like, you know, this isn't something that we encourage, but we can't discourage it. Um, you know, really most of us are pretty apathetic to the whole thing, but, um, you know, understand that if you go into an establishment and somebody asks you to leave that you should just leave because otherwise we're going to come and they're going to trespass you and blah, blah, blah. And it's just going to be a hassle. So if somebody asks you to leave, leave. And of course I would have done that anyway. Um, but then he just, you know, politely told me it was my right to carry and that most of his officers or that all of his officers are aware of the law. And that if somebody, you know, tried to dispatch them, you know, and said, well, it's just a man with a gun walking around that they wouldn't have responded to that call. So, I mean, <clears throat> despite the fact that there, there are cops that will come into your home and kill you, many cops understand the legality of things and aren't going to go around hassling someone who's, you know, not really, um, you know, conducting some sort of like illegal behavior. You know, they're, they're not that bored. They have plenty of, I don't know, uh, plenty of tickets to ride, I guess, and revenue to generate. <laughs> yeah, sure. Sure. Okay. Um, all right. So, uh, here's a question that, uh, some people probably uh, know what this is, but maybe you can explain it for the audience, which is, um, met TC dependency. I'm sure you remember mm -hmm. what that means. I do. Um, so for, for me, like my perspective and my individual situation where I live, uh, you know, I've got small children with me, things like this, uh, concealed mm -hmm. carry seems like the, uh, the, you know, the choice from a Met TC standpoint. Um, and obviously, like you said, every type of carry, there's trade-offs. So, uh, concealed carry means that, um, I would imagine, uh, you know, that my carry gun is probably smaller, uh, than yours. And, uh, you know, that's not a euphemism, but, uh, you know, I, mean, I'm, I mean, I'm sure it's true. I'm sure it's true. It's probably true. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, so it's a trade-off. Like you're, you're, you know, my carry gun is, it's the, you know, a SIG little 365. So it's pretty small. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and you know, it's a pain in the ass cause it's concealed carry. Uh, and so it's a little, you know, uh, all things being equal, it's a little slower to draw. Uh, it's, you know, you know, probably, I don't know, uh, maybe carrying fewer rounds of ammunition than, than what you're carrying. Um, so it's a trade off, but for me, you know, my assessment and in my individual situations, this makes sense. Um, uh, so maybe you could explain to people, uh, met TC and, you know, how this, uh, like how you, how this is the best decision for you. Yes. The, you know, so Met TC, and I'm going to just take a stab at this without looking it up. So it's uh, mission, enemy, terrain, troops, time, and civilians is the last consideration, which I always thought was super funny that <laughs> civilians are the last thing we were worried about. Um, I think that's what that is. But I mean, the, the euphemism of what that acronym actually means to like folks like Lee and I is really just saying that like, it just kind of depends on a lot of shit, right? Like um, <clears throat> the two things that are, to me, the biggest drawbacks to open carry, I mean, there are drawbacks, just like anything, many times the drawbacks are also the strengths. Um, I can talk later on about like what I believe to be the biggest strength of open carry um, that is very discounted, but it, the biggest strength is also the thing that causes its greatest weakness, which is that everybody knows I have it. Um, so that really limits certain places that I'm willing to stand in or be at. Um, and it's just due to the biggest problem, which is retention. So if I don't know you have a gun, I, it's not very often that people just accost you and, you know, run their hands along your belt line to figure out if you have a gun and then go after it, right? Like they're kind of blind to see whether or not you have your weapon. Whereas with mine, it's out there in the open. Everybody knows it. And so there's always a concern and it is, you know, it's probably the biggest act of criticism is that, you know, people are just going to snatch your gun away. Um, and so there's compensating controls and, and the mitigations that you can, you know, um, you can use to try to hamper this and impede this. There's some training that you can do, but then there's just certain situations that just don't lend themselves well. And I'll tell you the, the, the first one. Um, that's going to cause me to to lock up my pistol when I go into a place rather than um, carry it <clears throat> is a bar setting to where like I have to set at a bar. I mean, of course, there's laws that prevent, you know, carrying in in any fashion if they do like more than 51% sales in alcohol. But assuming that like it's just like a bar and grill, like let's say, you know, me and the girlfriend go out to eat and they say, hey, we don't have any seats, but you can sit at the bar. I'm not going to sit at the bar with my pistol, like out in the open. And that's just because, like, there's no chance that I can turn. There's no way that I can put the pistol at, like, an angle that makes it difficult for people to grab. Like, you're kind of just stuck with your back to a wall or your back to other people. And they're just they, – they have better control. Also, like, seating arrangements in, like, the center of a room. Um, you know, I'm not, like – I don't have, like, you know, PTS where I have to, like, sit in the corner or anything. But if I'm sitting in the center of the room, there's just no way that I can keep the eyes behind me. And there'd be a concern that somebody would just walk up and snatch a pistol out of me, even with the retention system, which is the next thing I'd like to talk about. So, you know, the holster that I carry is different than many concealed holsters. Many concealed holsters are first and only focused on um, comfort because it's really uncomfortable to carry concealed. Not saying that I've done that because, of course, that would be an admission to a well, at least a misdemeanor crime here in North Carolina, but maybe I've done it around my home and I'm just telling you, it's not very comfortable. Like you are constantly like having to rearrange it or feeling gross and you get used to it, of course, but 
it's it's not just by itself a, a comfortable act. Open carry is a little more comfortable, but again, like the first concern there now is not comfort. It's somebody snatching it. And so there are a lot of ways that, you know, you can retain the system. Uh, different holster companies and types have been developed. You know, I prefer the the Safari Land ALS, which requires you to depress a button in order to draw the handgun. I mean, there's others like the Serpa, and I don't want to start that conversation because that tends to go off the rails too. But, you know, there are active retention systems, which just means that if somebody was to go up and grab the pistol and try to jerk it out of the holster, it won't go. Like they have to do something else with it. And so I, I use that Safari Land ALS. Um, and I feel like that offers me a little bit of protection. But but I don't, I don't lean on that. Like there's a lot of, you know, when I'm in a store or I'm in a place, like I'm trying to constantly put that pistol against walls, against, um, you know, shelves, um, putting the shopping cart on that side. Um, I'm trying to kind of constantly do that. And if I'm exposed, usually I might, I mean, there's even occasions like I'll rest an elbow on top of it. Cause I use like a high ride intentionally so that if somebody, so that I can smash my elbow down to prevent that holster from coming out or that pistol from coming out of the holster. Um, I will put my right hand in my pocket, which kind of allows me to hug the pistol, you know, with one arm. Um, but really it just, I'm constantly scanning around, which I mean, I kind of do anyway, just, you know, old habits die hard, but, um, yeah, I'm kind of looking around all the time anyway. And um, I'm just making sure that, yeah, nobody gets in a, like, nobody gets to, like, that blind zone, um, like that blind spot behind me and to the right. And that I don't have anything between us that if I, you know, so that I can, like, turn away or, you know, fight for my pistol. I'm, I'm very much concerned about that all the time while I'm carrying. Right. Yeah. That, uh, you know, retention you know, for lack of a better term, I mean, weapons retention is a bitch. So, you know, yeah, that, that is, uh, I would imagine that that's pretty, uh, uh, always kind of a underlying concern in the day to day. I mean, I, I'm a fan of the, uh, you know, just the elbow, just putting the elbow on mm -hmm. it. Uh, you know, like you said, I, I also like a high ride holster. So, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, uh, right. So, uh, for, for anybody who's, who's not familiar, um, these this retention uh, these retention systems that GB's talking about um, the ALS it's it's like an automatic locking system so that that means that uh, you know your handgun is actually it's it's like locked in almost um, almost like how a seatbelt would be like locked into like uh, you know the buckle in your car uh, you got to push a button to release it so that and and what that means is that like he said if somebody comes up and like grabs it it's not going anywhere. Uh, you know, I mean, you got to fight on your hands at that point. Uh, so it, you know, it could still go poorly, but, uh, at least the gun itself, um, you know, is not just going to come, uh, come right out of there. So. And, and if you don't mind me interjecting, there's a, there's a thing I like to do at this point in this conversation that I think is important. So there are a lot of people that will come to me and tell me that like, I've made this like super funny, stupid choice about open carrying and it's really dangerous. And they'll say that um, open carriers have their guns stolen all the time. And I'll usually ask for them to provide me the best evidence. And um, they tend to find one or two articles about an open carrier having the pistol snatched. Usually it's, it's a cop or a security guard, which I'm not going to try to disparage those communities, but you know, they they have different 
things going on in their life than I do. You know, they're usually guarding some asset that somebody wants to steal, or they're probably going to take you away to jail, you know, for, um, you know, harvesting rainwater or something. Um, so people tend to, to confront those folks that they don't confront open carriers. But what they some, what they have done is like, there are some roll-ups. Like there's been a couple of folks that have decided, you know, they hate open carry. And so they'll go and they'll, they'll post a, an article. There's this one really good one. I think somewhere somebody showed me once that had like a hundred links to articles about people having their guns snatched. And it was titled all about like how bad open carry is. <clears throat> and it's obvious that not a lot of people actually go and read the, the links that are provided. I, because I was interested in this and I've been an advocate for it, I went and looked at every single one of them. And this is by no means like an empirical analysis, but on the whole, every one of them save, I don't know, if there was a hundred, let's say save 20 of them were related to open carry. The rest were actually about concealed carriers having their weapons stolen and how they were kind of sh like uh, shoehorning this into an open carry issue is that they were concealed carriers who were either um, what is it called? Like brandishing when they, right. You yeah. know, or printing, yeah. 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 Printing or brandishing. Like basically yeah. they were violating the first rule concealed carry. They weren't concealing and, but they were still acting as though they were a concealed carry because they just got sloppy. And so they, yeah, they had their guns stolen from them because right. they, yeah. So, you know, I want to always say that whatever rule that you attempt to apply to open carry and criticism, ensure that you are not violating that even with concealed. Like the idea that you've just thrown a shirt over it is not really like, it's not a magic blanket that prevents all these things that you should be concerned about with open carry. Like, you know, throwing a t-shirt over, it doesn't really solve it. You need to still make sure that, like you were saying, like even in your concealed carry, you run a high ride and you're, you're pretty cognizant of the like the first step to take if you feel a tug at that pistol, which is to drop the elbow, right? Well, right. And that's actually a uh, that's a good talking point because it, it's a pet peeve of mine to see people uh, concealed carry poorly. And, you know, I mean, I, I see it all the time. I've, I've been carrying a gun for uh, a long time and... Uh, you know, you can usually tell the, you know, the guys who are concealed carrying because they, uh, they don't do a good job of hiding it. You know, it's very, uh, very common. And you, you, a lot of times you can tell by the way that even people are walking, uh, their gait, the way they carry themselves, the way they get out of their car. Um, a lot of times there's like, um, you know, secondary or tertiary indicators where like, you know, if you see a guy with like a, <laughs> you know, like a, a, a knife clip on his right pocket and a flashlight clip on his left pocket. And, you know, <laughs> he's, he's probably carrying a handgun, you know? Right. Uh, yeah. Well, so, there's a, there's that style, right? Like, in, you, you know, everybody profiles, like, and I'm sure you do this now since we have similar background, but, you know, like go into the, I like doing it at the airport probably best of all, but like, I call it like Joe spotting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, because there's there's just very obvious and marked indicators to me of certain types of people, and that's why like I'm just sort of just in the embrace of the like fuck it, like I might as well just carry out in the open because you know I'm in prana pants, right? Like I'm in um, usually like some sort of like range kind of hat that right, I picked right. up from a range, or you know I've got my paracord bracelet. You know, I'm wearing like Merrill's or Solomon's. I mean, come right, on. Like, right. You may as well just carry the gun out. Like, right. yeah, because everybody should <laughs> right. know. I mean, one look at me and I'm totally a fulfillment of stereotype. Like I'm reinforcing them so strongly. That right, right. I might as well go all the way. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that makes sense. Uh, it, it really does. You know, I, I, uh, you know, I don't know. I think for me, uh, you know, I mean, I've definitely looked like a Joe before I'm guilty of that just like anybody else. Um, you know, at this point, you know, in terms of lifestyle with, uh, you know, I'm usually traveling with like, you know, the family, right. Wife, small children, things like that. Mm-hmm. So I'm not trying to attract, um, you know, any, any real attention to myself, you know, like my posture shifts a little bit, uh, you know, to more of a, you know, break contact rather than react to contact posture. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, that makes, that makes sense. Um, let me ask you another question about this. Um, I'm sure you got this before. Um, but one of the things that, uh, like one of the, one of the downsides, I suppose that it seems are inherent to open carrying is that it's going to limit your options in a situation, I think. Like, uh, there's the sentiment that you you shouldn't let uh, your enemy choose, like, where a fight is going to take place, right? Um, And I feel like concealed carry gives you a little bit, uh, maybe that buys you a few seconds to make a decision about whether you're going to become an active participant in a situation or whether you're going to try and, you know, leave a situation or something like that. Um, But I feel like with open carry if there is uh, a bad actor or someone with bad intentions, uh, you know, you don't really have a choice in the situation. You're committed at that person's discretion rather than at your own discretion, if that, if that makes any sense. And, um, I'm sure you thought about this, but I just wanted to get, get your take on I that have, side of it. I have, pro- this is probably the arena in which the open carry discussion for me has been like, I've been in this one the most. And, and it's really due to like a couple of things and, you know, the, the data isn't there for any part of this argument. And that's my first, you know, rebuttal typically to this is that there's just no data. Like there's not this, like, um, there's not a stack of open carriers at every crime scene. Right. Like, and so the first is, is that like, there's no, there's no, there's no actual claim here. It's just sort of an assumption. And I think that, in, and so because of that, then I then say is, like, why isn't there a stack of bodies at these crime scenes? Um, and and the, I think the truth is, is that, you know, criminals have made a lot of bad choices in life, typically. You know, they have, uh, you know, they have decided to undertake risky, under, you know, to under, um, forgive me, to engage in risky undertakings um, in order to acquire funds quickly. Um, but they're not completely stupid, right? And they tend to just like many other predators kind of take the path of least resistance. And so, whereas like a concealed carrier is trying to like gray man and, you know, you know, 10 plus sneak, you know, move around in society and nobody knows who they are. To me, that actually means that they can actually get caught in the ambush like everybody else, because they can maybe take on the appearance of sheep and um, get fleeced with the rest. And there's an assumption also with like the concealed carriers where they tend to think that, you know, the, the robber is going to come in and control the scene except for them. Right. Like he's going to, he's going to tell the person with the money at the register, like put their hands up and everybody else in the store to like put their hands up. But like, it, that won't be them. Like, right. Like they'll be in the back, like, I don't know, behind the cooler or something and nobody's going to see them. And then they're going to be able to like draw their pistol and then like, you know, stalk and engage. 
because that's like the that's like what the movies tend to do right like that's how the scene always comes out in the movie but like what if you're the guy next to the register like you're not gonna draw like right there in front of him like he's already he's already drawn down on you i mean maybe you are but now you're you're in the ambush you know you can throw frags and you can bound towards it but like you're still in it and it's a pretty dangerous place to be and i tend to think that open carry um especially what i'm hoping to do in the way that i do it and again like i'm not i'm not carrying a high point and an uncle mike's on a clip in my belt you know in like my sagging pants like i tend to dress a little business casual again like my prada pants is in my little merrells or whatever but usually like a collared shirt of some sort or some sort of like North Face pullover kind of, I mean, again, I'm a complete stereotype, but I'm sitting with a Safari Land like 6390 with, a, you know, a Glock with Magwell and Aimpoint and maybe an extended mag. And it looks a little different. Like it doesn't look like, yeah. And so what I imagine is, is like the guy who would normally spring his ambush on the people who he assumes are unarmed, whether they have concealed carry or not. Like he probably goes into that store and he says, I'm going to just wait for this guy to leave. Sure, sure. And yeah. I mean, uh, do you think that uh, overall, like, like obviously presentation is a factor in this, right? Like, and I'm not, uh, don't take me the wrong way. I'm not accusing you of anything here, but uh, like that attire almost sounds like what you'd see like a, I don't know, like a detective or something wearing, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, so, and I know you're not trying to, you know, present yourself as law enforcement. Of course or anything. not. Um, but I mean, you know, that may be a factor. It could be. Yeah. And and I think that like, you know, um, I don't try to tell people lifestyle choices, how they should drink, you know, how they should, you know, dress and how they should act. And, you know, everybody needs to decide what their own style and such is. But like, you know, I tend to kind of take on the, the friendly citizen. I open doors. I say thank you. I look very much aware of where I'm around. You know, if there's somebody around me that I think is kind of shady, I make sure that they know I see that they're shady. Um, not confrontational, but like, you know, the I got my eye on you kind of type. Like, sure. um, even armed or unarmed, I think that it's unsettling to a certain crowd. Um, I think being armed, it's certainly unsettling. And so that, yeah, I just imagine that like within that group, within the group of people who are, you know, again, like not these diehard suicidal like movie villains. But just your average like liquor store robber or, you know, homeless man that, you know, asks uh, what time it is before he pulls out his, you know, Kershaw pocket knife and tries to rob you of your, you know, your your wallet. Like I imagine that guy sees a dude carrying a gun and is just like, fuck, that is not worth the effort. Like I'm either going to wait till that guy goes away or I'm going to go somewhere else to apply my trade. Right. Like he's not, they're not dumb, you know, and th- this also kind of dovetails into like a a thing that's also brought up and forgive me for kind of waxing on this, but you know, usually they're, they bring up with open carry, they try to compare it to police officers and security guards. And I think I kind of mentioned this earlier, but I'd just like to say that like, first off, police officers can take you to jail. And many times like the kind of confrontations that occur between people who try to take the gun from the cop, if you look, they're almost all carrying paper. Like they're almost all on paper for a felony. Maybe it's like going to be their third strike. They don't want to go to jail. That's actually the reason why they're snatching that gun. It has nothing to do with like, and the cop doesn't see it coming because he's probably not that smart or he's whatever. He's not paying attention. Um, 
the other group, the security guards, they have their gun taken because the first rule to knocking over the jewelry store is take out the guard. Like there's something really valuable there. Like the register, yeah. I mean, where I, I don't hang out in jewelry shops very often, right? Like it's very unlikely that like I get knocked over with the jewelry store because I'm not there. Like I'm at gas stations, I'm at grocery stores, I'm at you know, whatever stores that normal people tend to go to. So yeah, it it's um it is a concern. I mean, right, like but there's just not a lot of suicidal criminals out there. And despite what we think, you know, they're desperate people who've made bad choices, but they're not they're not on the whole so stupid that self preservation doesn't factor in. Sure. And you know, like you said, not to not to bash on any communities, but like, you know, security guards are usually not uh uh not the tip of the spear and uh you know, the reaction to law enforcement is, is almost a, you know, that's a cornered animal, basically, if you're a suspect. Like, I mean, you're looking at a guy who's going to take you to a, a cage for 20 years. So it makes sense that you might have a, a little extra fight in you versus, uh, you know, the guy standing in line at the gas station who's open carrying. Uh, you know, yeah, that, that makes total sense. Um, all right, so let me change gears a little bit. Uh this is almost like you, you mentioned that this is a, a way of acclimating hoplophobes. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's almost like an act of stewardship for like 2A and uh, responsible gun ownership and things like that. Almost, almost um, you could probably phrase this as like a civic uh, virtue, you know, type of activity. Um, how much of that is a factor in your decision making with this? It's in the top five. You know, like, cause I actually, I, I think you saw my list of my top 10 reasons and it's like, mm-hmm. you know, there's a little joke there at the end, but yeah, I mean, it's the number four reason. Um, I believe that gun ownership is a uniquely American, um, virtue. I would even say like, cause I mean, I understand that it's a liberty and a right, but I would say that like, it's, it's something just that's uniquely American in many ways and it makes us special and it's something that has been it's been screwed up left and right. You know, for the left, it tends to mean that you're a bad boogeyman person who just doesn't care about his family and hates children and loves murder. And for the right, it tends to be like, oh, well, you know, I really like my guns, but I don't really want people to think I'm weird and you know, I have to be like safe and responsible. And somehow those tend to correlate. Like I have to leave it unloaded and I have to put it in a safe behind like seven locks. And, you know, there's to me, um, I want the widest distribution possible of the implements of violence. And I want people to be familiar with them because I believe that through some sort of mutual detente, uh, an armed society sort of creates a very, um, safe one. You know, it's like locks on doors. It's like, it's the idea that we all are equal um, in the capabilities to harm one another. But through that, there is a mutual deterrence in that. And I want, I want the people who think that guns are bad to see this guy in a, you know, like a polo collared shirt who looks clean, who smiles a lot, who has a friendly face, who opens doors for the old and the young and women, you know, who, uh, who leaves the money in the change jar at the register, who, you know, takes a shopping cart back. Like I want them to see that person and see that he's armed. 
And this sounds like you're, you're describing a dangerous fascist to me, man. Uh, I, don't I, am, I mean, I've been accused <laughs> of such many times and, you know, I'm beginning to just almost want to, you know, to, to don the Hugo boss at this point, because it's just like, it might as well be like, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not a fascist, but in many ways, like, I think that there is a, there are virtues to the idea that like a society where, you know, men at arms carry and let it be known. Um, I don't think that it creates a dangerous thing. And in fact, it, it sort of, it sort of for, prevents us from seeding ground to the type of people who might do us all harm. Um, it sort of demonstrates to them. Sure. And, and, and the idea of, uh, of a society that's not armed is not, uh, you know, this is a very new concept in terms of like human history. Like this is a right. very, very novel idea. It does not have any, you know, real proven success stories. I mean, the, the 99.9% of human history is, is people, everyday folks having access to firearms. Yeah. I mean, pistol and right weapons, you know, of, you know mean, some variety, right. Like, right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is odd, you know, and, and I grew up, <clears throat> I should also point out in like a very rural portion of uh, Texas. Um, and in that society, um, primarily kind of a German Catholic, which I was not, I was neither, but there in that society, like there were old men who carried, um, you know, like your standard yellow handled case, but they also sometimes carried what are essentially like daggers and many times like a small caliber pistol in a, in a pocket, even like, I mean, one of the more famous carries because it was so rural was um, like a, a Derringer or a small pistol in the bib overall pocket, um, which is actually a pretty effective place to put a weapon. And even that type of weapon, I mean, you know, you don't actually need so many bullets. I tend to carry a few, but, um, but yeah, I, in those societies and growing up, um, it was just kind of expected that people had a weapon on them. Um, and I did grow up in a home where, uh, folks had concealed carry licenses. I mean, I should admit also, I mean, that many of my family are police officers, so they were able to carry, but all the others had concealed carry and did concealed carry. Um, and so, yeah, I just, I, I think that it's, um, it's a good thing, but you know, if you're concealed carrying, you're not acclimating the hoplophobes, right? Like you're not you're not showing them that you're a safe gun owner. Like, and, and this is why, like, you'll see it on Twitter. You'll see these liberals that are like, you know, they'll see an open carrier and they're just like, oh my gosh. Like I went to a Starbucks today and a guy had a gun there. <laughs> and, and there's always like the right wing, like control guy like me on there. That's like, you didn't see the like 25 dudes that were in there that had a gun. Right. You know? Um, and I think that that's actually not good because like how many times, would that lady it's typically a woman i don't mean to stereotype but it's typically a woman but how many times is that man or woman who is freaked out by seeing the guy with the gun how many times does that have to happen before that edge wears off and i would like to i would like to increase the repetition so that like eventually they're just like great another gun owner rather than like oh my gosh can you believe it um i would really like to see that happen so i'm trying to contribute yeah i feel like that's a fair point i've i've had people become visibly uh, you know, have like a negative response uh, if they find out that, you know, I'm carrying a concealed firearm. You know what I mean? Like I've, I've been mm -hmm. in people's houses and they, uh, you know, they'll, they'll grab guns to like show me and be like, look, look at this cool gun or, you know, look mm -hmm. what I bought or something like that. And, um, you know, like it, 
you know, I was somewhere one time, there's a few guns out. And I was like, oh, well, you know, here, check this out. And I drew my carry gun mm-hmm. and everybody was kind of like, whoa, like, what? That's a funny situation. I, I didn't know. I can't imagine them being like, you know, they have just guns like strewn about randomly and that's fine. But like you bring one. Yeah. Like, yeah. Because it's, it's yeah, it's like I didn't uh, you know, I didn't start the conversation about guns. These people <laughs> knew that that I'm a gun guy and they were mm-hmm. like, oh, to check this out. You know, you'll probably like this. And then, uh, yeah, they, they violated <laughs> their hospitality. Yeah, they're pretty, uh, <laughs> you know, and, and I mean, I, I mean, I'll admit these these people were Democrats, but this is, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they were very. Like obviously, yeah. uh, taken aback and uncomfortable. Like that's this. strange. <laughs> it was. That's very strange. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> guns. You know, guns tend to be their. You know, and I guess like their purpose, right? Like, I mean, let's. I I try not to dither and try to change words or pretend that you know guns are not instruments of violence. You know, like to try to reduce them to just like, oh, well, they just produce, you know, kinetic energy at distance or something. <laughs> like, it seems so stupid to try to, like, pretend that, like, they're not, you know, well, most yeah. of the intentionality, especially for a handgun. No, I agree with you. you know, yeah, 100%. It's, it's totally to shoot 100%. people. Right. You know? I, I hate I hate the term uh, modern sporting rifle. Yeah, it's and, an assault rifle. Let's go. Yeah, like, ex- exactly. So like, what? No, right. say something. Yeah, right? it is. Like, right. I'm supposed this to is, have this. Right. This this is a weapon of war. Like it's not right it's now, but it, but it could be. You know what I mean? Like that's. I, I mean, that's the whole intent, right? Like again, going back to that daytime, and so yeah, the I like to acclimate those people. I, it, you know, they do fall. They tend to fall like within like you know center to left of the political spectrum. But there are even again like there's the fuds of the right, which are also like. You know, and they do tend to be concealed carriers, and they hate me open carrying. You know, they tell me all the time online that like I'm, you know, I'm scaring the 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 gun grabbers. You know, and God forbid that I make the gun grabbers uncomfortable in their you know in their bid to steal my rights. It's like I should I should not make them myself so scary because I'm just bringing negative attention down on us all. And you know, I say to them and all like, come see me, come hang out with me. I'm not scaring anyone. Like, I mean, as, as much as I wish, maybe for certain types of groups, that, like <laughs> I'd like to present some menacing appearance. I don't. You know, I have people all the time, even with a gun on, come and ask me for directions or help with their car. I mean, I'm wearing a gun the other day, and you know, some lesbian trucker couple comes to me and asks me to help them with their battery. You know, at a Love's convenience store. Sure. And you know, they're from Baltimore, Maryland. Um, I couldn't probably think of a, a demographic more probably diametric to my own. Um, and yet I'm not, I'm not scary and menacing. And, you know, for the types of folks that aren't, I would encourage them, you know, again, to know the hazards of open carry, but to understand that, you know, making folks used to guns again is a good thing. It's absolutely a good thing. We should not closet ourselves as gun owners and pretend that like our weapons are some scary apparatus that, should be, you know, it should produce fear. We should make people used to them again because they used to be very commonplace. Yeah, I agree. I couldn't agree more. That's a, uh, that's a, a good cherry on top there at the end. Um, all right. So let me, let me ask you a kind of off topic question just because I'm curious. Your EDC, do you have a weapon light on that? I do, in fact. Okay. My man. That's. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, it's funny. Uh, this 60, I think it's a 6390 Safari Land. I think they call it the Minecraft holster. It is the ugliest holster 
probably ever produced. Um, it is, it is extremely ugly and I've thought about upgrading it and I've tried to figure out like a way to do it. But like, you know, I, I, I do participate in some of these like center fire biathlons and stuff. And so, you know, I have to have a pistol holder that like keeps, you know, things protected. And so, yeah, I carry in this, you know, this is also going to anger people. I'm actually looking at it right now, but I carry a, um, I carry a Glock 23. So like I carry, I carry a 40 Smith and everybody hates that. I've got a hollow sun because I love the Chinese government and I just want to give them all of my money. Um, Which is, was that a 507? It's a 507 Charlie. It's the Vulcan reticle which is the superior reticle. So like I have very fast and accurate draw um, for shots because I'm able to find that little chevron really quickly with that like kind of blown out circle. Okay. Um, so yeah, I've got that red dot. I've got the uh, suppressor height sights. I've got a uh, stream light. Oh, let's just look at it. I think it's the HLX. Okay. Yeah, it's a TR, TLR TLR one HL. So this yeah. is the like, yeah, this is the bright, bright bastard. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've got a um, a Terran Tactical Magwell on it. Sometimes I carry the Extendo mags just because I can, um, to, but it only gives you four extra shots. And, but it also kind of just makes it bigger. And forty Smith, each bullet is kind of quite heavy. So I mean, usually I'll just run a standard mag through it. Um, and I've got, I think, a Timney trigger that I've replaced on it. But yeah, it's it's still fairly standard. I mean, it doesn't look it doesn't look very scary. And I and I tend to run some. I should also say like some sandpaper grips because I can do that, right? Like if I was concealed carrying, it'd be uncomfortable as hell. But yeah. because I'm open carrying, I've actually got those like really bitey, really sandpapery, like low grit, uh, like. I don't know, glue on grips, whatever those things are. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just a that's just a man setup right there. That's just a, a gritty, a gritty forty cal right, ready to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. What uh, what hollow points are you running? I don't. I run external hollow points. I am I am memed to the max. <laughs> so like, I'm just gonna say that like I'm embarrassingly stereotypical and just like the most ridiculously <laughs> uncommon thing. Um, so I run, yeah, the G9 external hollow point. And if you're not aware of this, uh, Clay Martin has a really great video of him shooting pork shoulders with this and producing um, w- entrance wound cavities that he can put three fingers in. Um, instead of, I used to use the federal, like the, the rounds that the FBI buys. Yeah, like the, the, federal, uh, the HST like, or whatever. Yeah, the HSTs, and I think those are 180 grainers, and they're moving. They're moving quite fast. Sure, I always, you know, because a lot of people with nine millimeter want to come at me about 40 Smith, and you know, I'll take shit off of 10 millimeter man, but I'm no, not 40, taking. 40 is a good off. bullet. 40 is a good bullet. Like, I, like 40 I carry, is not. Yeah, yeah. I, I carry you know nine, obviously the the 365, sure. but 40 is a good. I don't have any hate for 40. You can't, right? Because it's it's still got to be physics. Like it's if it's heavier and moving as at least fast, you right. can't really talk shit. Like it's physics, but but the difference is, is so between those HSTs or whatever. So those are traditionally 180 grains. When I run, like the when I do the gun runs or when I go to the range, I tend to shoot. Uh, I like 165 wad cutter. But yeah, the carry pistol, like the carry rounds I use, are these G9 hollow points, and they're actually only 80 grains. 
Oh, is that a uh, is that a solid copper or? It is a solid copper, okay. and it's got these scoops in it. And I don't know if you've done any research on these, but they're yeah. they're amazing. Okay, so let me just really quickly, if you don't mind. Sure. Yeah. yeah. They they're really light. They're barrier blind, so they do not deviate at all when entering like windshields and other things. Like these scoops just don't engage. Um, but these scoops are like hydraulically shaped so that like the moment that they hit soft and wet tissue, they start to dampen or impede the penetration of the bullet so that like it just energy dumps. And because it's such a light projectile, it is zooming. I think it actually comes out like, I mean, it's near rifle velocity. I, I should probably look it up. Oh, okay. But it's coming out extraordinarily fast um, because it's so light. Um, and so due to those two factors, when it does hit that soft tissue, I mean, it just, it creates just some really gnarly wound channels. Yeah. Yeah. I believe it. If it's uh that makes sense. If that's, you said it was 80 grain. That's yeah. Kind of- it's 80 grain. And it has like these three scoops that come out of the O like what is normally like the O part of the dimension of the bullet. Yeah. And they scoop out, I mean, rather sharply, um, and I don't know how to, you'd have to look at it to describe it. And I encourage everyone to go and look at these bullets. They're gnarly, but, but yeah, they, you know, they catch that soft tissue and they just, they, I mean, all the energy just gets dumped. And so rather than trying to expand out and make themselves bigger and, you know, push through, they tend to just dump energy, which if you know much about terminal ballistic science, like that's kind of what the game is about, not really just like the displacement. Um, and so, yeah, Clay Martin did a great video. There's been many others. Uh, these bullets, I kind of think, are the future. And from what I'm told, you know, those boys over between um, Bragg and McCall are <laughs> using these now. Okay. And I, that's kind of usually my standard for sure. what's legit. Yeah, yeah, the guys guys behind the tall fences. Yeah, yes, that's sir. uh okay. Yeah, I mean a quick look at their website. It looks like this is uh, I think I think it's going to be in the neighborhood of 1600 feet per second, which yeah. which is which is really fast for a handgun bullet if if anyone's right. not sure. You know, your average uh like a normal 9 mil hollow point might be 1050 somewhere in that neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's uh <laughs> That's pretty, pretty, pretty quick. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's like 150% faster, right? Like, I'm not really great at math, but that's <laughs> right. fast, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, right, yeah. yeah, for sure. So, okay. Well, that, that yeah, I mean, I'll have to look into that. That's interesting. Uh, you know, because I'm you know, like, yeah, I'm just running HSTs like everybody else. So, that's... Uh, yeah, and I still, you know, I still think I have a, a thousand rounds of that, like, you know. And I've just been testing these. One thing I'll say about the G9s is, you know, because they are... I mean, what is that like only 30% of the weight um, mm-hmm. of that other bullet or half the weight? It's a half. I'm not good at math. See, I told you. Um, <laughs> because of that, it does make the pistol lighter. It okay. really does. Yeah, sure. um, you, It's noticeably light. Like when I first started carrying, I was constantly afraid that like I dropped the mag or something. Yeah, that's basically, because, uh, I mean, a Glock 13 or a Glock 23 is carrying uh, 13 rounds, I think, on a stock yes, mag. Sir. So that's mm-hmm. that's basically shaving off six or seven bullets out of the mag. Right. Yeah, it seemed very light. But, um, you know, I've shot them. I've shot them at things. 
uh, not people. I've made jokes about like kind of just Johnny Apple seeding these through like down the Merc, <laughs> you know, just, and then calling like, for, you know, calling like the emergency room and be like, Hey, the, you know, the loon channel's been a little, like, especially kind of gnarly lately. <laughs> Have like, you seen any, any really, really brutal gunshot wounds? <laughs> yeah, there's just not asking a lot for a of, friend. Yeah, there's not a lot. Like, not that I'd have anything to do with it, of course. Like, <laughs> don't call back. That's the real, like, white trash ballistic test. Just go shoot a prostitute in the leg and then call the ER. <laughs> it's funny. I mean, I was not thinking of that. But, like, when uh, when Braxton and I went on that wolf hunt with Red, yeah, um, I had actually told him, I was like, I'm bringing some G9s. And after we skin this animal... You know this majestic creature. I'm going to I'm going to shoot it with these G dots because I want to see what it does. <laughs> like um, I haven't seen a, you know the, um, oh, uh, you know Saint uh, Paul the Exonerated. You know I haven't seen him like Paul Harold do the do the test yet. Like right, like I want to. Um, but yeah, the the thing that sold me was Clay Martin. You know, like I Clay Martin and I. Um, don't always agree on very many things, but I absolutely trust that man when it comes to um, weapons and bullets and that sort of knowledge. He's very extensive history there. He's a very smart guy. And he had that, like I said, he had that video and he has like, you know, he's shooting pork shoulders. And I mean, the proof's in the pudding. I mean, not only is it almost bouncing these pork shoulders off the table, um, but yeah, I mean, he's almost like, you know, he's almost fisting the wound channel from the, entrance you know the the exit and when he cuts these things open i mean it, it looks like a looks like a uterus i mean it looks like <laughs> it, it's huge it's the biggest thing you've ever seen it's disgusting <laughs> so you're you're basically just a trans advocate ready to put a uterus into anybody <laughs> well you know maybe it's a good time to tell everybody i am a pelvic girdler i am a dick shooter first i'm not i'm not even a center master anymore i don't believe in it like i do it of course the belt buckle yeah i yeah you know, i've got a whole thing about it where you know the largest bone mass in a human being is the you know the iliac crest and the hip bones and the femoral heads and um, you know, you can take a lot of shots center mess and still move around and run, but it sort of impedes your locomotion once it starts to sever the tendons and bust the bones um, within those structures that hold you up. And, you know, center central nervous system obviously is like the, the Holy grail of handgun hits because all handguns, I mean, we should also say all handguns are trash. Right. Um, but like you hit anyone in the CNS with nearly anything and it tends to end the fight. And, you know, the CNS doesn't move very well if the legs don't work. And so if, you know, in my opinion, like a pelvic girdle shot from one of these G9s, it's probably going to put you down. And then from then on, I mean, I'm still going to probably feel frightened. I, I don't know. I, I hope to not be in one of these situations, of course. Well, yeah, right. I mean, but, you know, you, you do have to engage until the threat is mitigated. That's so. right. Yeah, uh, we all know the words. We've all watched the Rittenhouse trial, right? <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know if you can consider yourself an extremist until you have taken the, the hip-shooting pill. Like, right. like really, once once in your head you've accepted that, you know, maybe your enemy might be wearing level four plates, 
and you might need to be engaging the, the, the pelvic <laughs> yeah, area. Yeah. Uh, this, who are these people wearing these plates? I wonder. Like, why I are mean, we so why are know, we so concerned? They're, you know, they're more affordable than ever, and every day, common mm-hmm. criminals are wearing level four body armor. So, common <laughs> criminals that wake you up in the middle of the night, right? Like while they pound on your door with rams, even like yeah. I don't know. It's, yeah, I, I mean, think we all know what we're saying. Community service. I have, I have no further <laughs> comment on that. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah I'd, I, yeah, I mean, pelvic girling, you know, also, you know, most most gun fights, open carry, concealed carry, whatever, kind of bad breath range. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're going to want to put one hand out to keep them off that gun, and that other hand maybe needs to get to work. And an easy way to, to put it to work is, you know, fire from the soul and just aim for that pelvic girdle so you don't shoot yourself in the hand. Yeah, right. All right, cool. Uh, well, I'm gonna end it there. Uh, appreciate you coming on and uh, imparting Thanks some knowledge. Me. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's been a good talk. I feel, and uh, you know, some of this stuff is you know maybe an angle I hadn't considered before. Like I said, it's uh, it's illegal here anyway, but uh, you know, it's definitely something uh, something to chew on. So uh, once again, man, this is a GP. Why don't you tell everybody uh, where they can find you? I don't want them to find me. Um, no, I'm teasing. Like, so digitaldropzone.com, all one word, all spelled the way it should be, is the the blog that I neglect um, terribly. Um, on Twitter, you can find me as, like you said, like the motherfucking grunpa. You won't be able to probably uh, find my at because I've screwed up long ago and included way too many numerals in it. But it is, uh, you know, TH3. Uh, V0T4RY are the votary and just replace every vowel with the with a numeral and what used to be lead speaker or something dorky that I I didn't regret. Um, you know, if you want to come tell me that open carry is stupid and that I'm dumb, please do. I encourage it. <laughs> All right, man. Appreciate it. Have a good one. Thanks, Lee.